It's Friday night, and here on Three Valleys Radio, it's time for the racing show. If you're into racing, then this is the programme for you. We've got it all. Top tipsters. Top jockeys. Trainers, so make sure you make a note Friday nights, the racing show on Three Valleys Radio. And on the show tonight, Columpton trainer Rod Millman who is absolutely on fire at the moment. We also speak to Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne and Tom Ward also up at Lambourne. And of course, every week we have our top two tipsters of the country, Dave Wilson and Colin Brown with their selections for the weekend. Plus the news and plus all the fixtures for the weekend, which we hope we'll provide you with an entertaining show. So, as usual, let's get started with all the news from the racing media with Mike Padden. Hello and a very warm welcome along to all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. Here's our first story this week. Connections of rising middle-distance star Huckham, whose form was boosted in Saturday's Ebor at York, intend to get Sunday's Grand Prix de Deville out of the way before they consider any temptation to supplement him for the Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. Always held in the highest regard by trainer Owen Burrows, the Shadwell-owned Huckham was a smart three-year-old who won at Royal Ascot before finishing fifth in the St Ledger. He showed his well-being and talent with a polished display under Jim Crowley in Newbury's Geoffrey Freer last weekend, while the form of his Group 3 win at York last month was endorsed when Sonny Boy Liston, Quickthorn, Max Vega, Roberto Escobar, and Away He Goes, all of whom finished behind on the Knaves Mire that month, were 1st, 2nd, 5th, 6th and 7th in the £500,000 Ebor on Saturday. Burroughs said on Sunday, He seems to have come out of Newby very well, and did a half-speed bit of work on the grass yesterday, and that did well. So the plan is to go to Duville a week today. He continued, his York form was well stacked up in the e-ball, with the winner and the second and a few others. He's certainly going the right way, and physically he's improving. He did that nicely at Newbury. It was very smooth, while I think the better ground is helping in a bit, and Jim mentioned that too. If the ground is soft at Duville, it's soft. It was very soft when he was third in the Hardwick, and I'd never not run him on it because he goes on it. But interestingly, Jim thought the good ground does help him. Shadwell's Rabi Ha, who won Sunday's Prix de Pomone at Duville, was a respectable fifth in the arc last year, and is around 25 to 1 to win the October highlight, for which Huckham, a son of 2009 winner See the Stars, would need supplement him. That would cost €120,000, and he would be a 20-to-1 shot with Betfair Sportsbook and Paddy Power. 
Burroughs added, It is quite expensive to enter for the Ark, even at an early stage, and the team felt he was just going to be lacking three or four pound, not quite that class, but there are plenty of other races. It depends on what he does next week, and then we'll have to get our heads together. But there was talk of the Breeders' Cup and Hong Kong after he won the Geoffrey Freer, and Deville will be his sixth race of the year if we were thinking about Hong Kong in December. Let's see how he handles the step back up in class, and we'll make plans after that. If ARC entries were closing tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised if he got one, but we'll see. Telecaster won last year's Grand Prix de Deville and had been fancied to run well in the arc until a late setback, while Cherry Mix landed the Group 2 in 2004 before finishing second to Bago in the Longchamp Championship. And our next story from the racing media. A weary-sounding Ben Pauling still had declarations to do on Sunday morning as he recovered from a mammoth 500-mile charity cycle in aid of racing welfare, something he labelled as the toughest thing he had ever done in his life. The Cheltenham Festival-winning trainer was among a handful of the sports constituents to take part in the challenge, which started at Carlisle Racecourse on Tuesday and ended at Newton Abbott on Saturday. Pauling was joined by Nicky Henderson's assistant trailer, Charlie Morlock, Newbury's clerk of the course, Keith Otterson, and Sky Sports racing broadcaster, Sean Boyce, among others, as they covered 100 miles each day, helping to raise in excess of £70,000 so far. Pauling said, It was amazing, the toughest thing I think I've ever done. I did it off very little training, but the standard elsewhere was amazing. People really trained hard and went to town. What kept us going is that Racing Welfare is a charity that is very close to everyone's heart. For years, I feel it's been a forgotten charity, but it's much more visual these days, and it was so important to do something like this for Racing Welfare. It was tougher than I could have ever imagined, though. An unseat slightly complicated things for the Gloucestershire-based Pauling, a festival winner at Willoughby Court and at Le Bruyne. I took a fall on the third day, he added. I was having some repair work as my bike wasn't much cop, so they tried to put a bigger gear set on the back so I could get up the hills easier. My chain snapped in two as I was flying up the hills and I went straight over the handlebars. That was a bit painful and I've got a few scars to show for it, but it was nothing really. There were a great bunch of us doing it some retired jockeys and people who worked in the industry, while my dad Howard, who is 66, did it with me, which was lovely. Ex-riders Reese Flint and Connor Schumark, not far off professional standard according to Paulie, also took part along with former weighing room colleague Charlie Post. We wanted to cycle from Perth to Newton Abbott to raise money and I got in touch with Racing Welfare and they told me they were setting up this trip and asked whether we'd join up. And we jumped at the chance, said Post. I ended up having a massive crash on the first day, and I'm sure if it was just the four of us, Schumark, Tom Messenger, Sam Davis, Thomas and myself, and we were on our own, that would have been the trip over. But due to the logistical backup and supply team of the event, they managed to pull my bike back together in some form, and I was able to carry on. Post, who retired two years ago, added, It was very well organised by Racing Welfare, and a heck of a lot of fun. I play lots of sport, but I cycle only a bit, not at the level some of the guys were in this group, 
so for me it was a real challenge to get through five days like that. I think we all had our personal ambitions for the trip, and by and large everyone loved it. At Newton Abbott yesterday the atmosphere was very upbeat, while we had some fun evenings in the hotel. Everyone on the trip brought into the feel-good social media attention and really appreciated it. You hope it's something that's shown a real positive side of racing that, as an industry and as a community, everyone does pull together when things like this are going on to highlight all that's good in the sport. After all, we seem to spend plenty of time wanting to focus on maybe what's not so good about it. Post keeps himself busy running a pre-training and point-to-point yard with his wife Francesca Nimmo, but his cycling exploits are not over. He said, I'll be back riding out in the morning, which I'm really looking forward to. My quads and legs are a bit tired and my body is feeling a bit battered, but that's more from the crash than anything else. My bike needs a bit of TLC, probably more than me as a rider. It took a fair old hammering. The four of us mates are already thinking about what to do next year. We're thinking about something in the French Alps. And our final story today from the racing media. Tom O'Brien reached a landmark total of 1,000 winners in Britain and Ireland in battling fashion at Worcester on Sunday. O'Brien was on board the Ian Williams train head-on for the first time in the two-mile seven-furlong handicap chase with regular rider Robbie Dunn out injured. The milestone looked unlikely as the five-year-old had to be roused along by O'Brien in the back straight as they headed for home. Despite being off the bridle for much of the closing circuit, though, the well-back 7-2 chase debutante began to stay on up the long straight, with O'Brien even having the luxury of dropping his whip before the final fence, eventually running out a cosy length-and-a-half winner from the 100-30 favourite Hoot at Midnight. Williams was full of praise for the 34-year-old's tenacity on a difficult ride. He said, It was a typical performance of his. He's a little bit on and off the bridle, but he got to the front and I think he was the justification of a very good ride from Tom O'Brien. When he's riding like that, it's not surprising he's ridden 1,000 winners in his career and I'm sure there's many more to come. With Charlie Todd and Robbie not riding, Tom's a go-to for us, and I think he's got a very good season ahead of him. I know he'll be absolutely delighted to have ridden the thousand winners. It's a huge achievement. I don't think you can underestimate what it is for a jockey to reach that landmark. It's phenomenal, and it's a fair reward for the work he's put in. Echoing the thoughts of Williams was four-time champion jockey Richard Johnson, who witnessed the work O'Brien put in first-hand as number two rider for Philip Hobbs. Johnson said, It's a huge achievement. If you look at the people who've done it, it speaks for itself. It's a very hard thing to do, and it's not just about having one great season or big winners. It's a huge amount of effort over a long period. Johnson, who is second behind Sir Anthony McCoy in the all-time list of winners for jump jockeys, added, When you talk about people who have had that number of winners, it is about consistency, and that's the thing with Tom. Even though he was second jockey at Phillips, he was always riding a good number of winners for lots of different trainers. He continued, He works very hard, and he rides for a big number of people and puts the miles in. 
Dave Roberts helped me, and he's the man who keeps us all busy. And that is the thing about getting to the thousand. It is about consistency over a period of time. I'm just thrilled for him, and obviously he's got an exciting season ahead with Philip. I wish him huge congratulations for today, and all the best for the rest of the season. O'Brien's most prolific season was in 2006 and 7, when he rode 105 winners in Britain. While in 2008, O'Brien rode his sole winner in Ireland aboard I Hear a Symphony, fittingly for Hobbs at the Punchestown Festival. O'Brien is one of only seven jump jockeys currently active who have ridden a thousand winners in Britain and Ireland. And the top ten current jump jockeys list looks like this. In first place, with 1,502 wins, is Davy Russell. Second, Tom Scudamore with 1,393. Third, Brian Hughes with 1,367. Fourth, Paddy Brennan with 1,351. Fifth, Sam Twiston Davis with 1,196. In sixth, with 1,147, is Aidan Coleman. And in seventh, with his thousand, is Tom O'Brien. Bringing up the rear in eighth is Harry Skelton with 987 wins, Paul Townend in ninth with 967, and in tenth place Daryl Jacob with 882. And amongst Tom's big race winners are first big race winner Captain Corelli in 2005, first graded winner Souffleur in 2007, Welsh Grand National winners Dream Alliance 2009 and Elegant Escape in 2018. Paddy Power Gold Cup winner Cool Cody in 2020, Topham Chase winner Always Waning 2011 and 2012, Liverpool Hurdle winner Time Hill in 2021, Cheltenham Festival winner Silk Affair 2009. Other Grade One winners include Finian's Oscar 2017, Alexia Denutz 2019. Grand National runner-up McKelvey in 2007 to Silver Birch, Grade One wins he has four, Champion Amateur Rider 2005 to six, Champion Conditional Jockey 2006 to seven, Highest position in Jockeys Championship is third, and that was in 2006 to 2007, and the most wins in a season was 105 in 2006 seven. And of course, the thousandth win GB and Ireland combined was on head-on in Worcester, August the twenty-second, twenty twenty-one. Congratulations to him. That's been all the news from the racing media today, including from Racing TV, the Racing Post, and the Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden. Thanks for listening, and join us again. Ah,、uh, thanks to Mike Padden there for all the racing news from the racing media, including, of course, the Sporting Life, the Racing Post, and Racing TV. Next up, it's the racing fixtures for this coming weekend, and we will start at Goodwood, where there are seven races on the flat with a one fifteen start. Up to Beverley, seven races on the flat there with a two o five start. Seven races on the flat at Newmarket on the July course. With a two ten start, seven races over the jumps at Cartmel, two fifty start, seven races over the flat at Windsor, with a four twenty start, and finally seven races on the flat at Redcar with a four forty start. On to Sunday, where there are seven races on the flat、uh, at Yarmouth with a one thirty start. Seven more races at Goodwood on the flat with a 145 start.
and six races on the flat at Beverly with a 2.30 start. So plenty of variety there for you with the coming weekend. Horse racing is the sport of kings, and here at Hot to Trot Racing, we have the perfect way to experience the thrill of racehorse ownership at the highest level, but at a fraction of the cost. Hot to Trot Racing operate three syndicates, two on the flat and one over jumps, with each costing just over £2,000 for an all-inclusive share per year. Each syndicate has at least five leased horses who are based with leading trainers in the UK, like Clive Cox, Roger Charlton and Nicky Henderson. A syndicate member's benefits include communication, a diverse schedule of events, badges for racing when a syndicate have a runner, hospitality during the season, including our end-of-season lunch, and a share of the prize money earned by the horses. For more details, contact Sam Hoskins at sam at hottotrotracing.com. Hot to Trot Racing, the sport of kings. fancy a bit of jazz funk or maybe some soul or Motown or even classic American disco come to that well my altered ego show is the one for you Why don't you join me, A.D. Hopper, every Sunday at 4 and Friday at 2.30 here on Three Valleys Radio. Right, it's time to find out what our trainers and jockeys have been up to over the last week. Right, so we're going to pop over to Lambour now and catch up with Jamie Snowden, who's been having a bit of a quiet time, Jamie, because uh, holidays and what have you coming along, I suppose. Uh, are you enjoying your break? Well, there's um, there's obviously a break of two two weeks at the beginning of August with no jump racing. Um, it's a funny time of year because there's plenty of winter horses, all the winter horses are back in, and, and there's plenty of work to be done back at home, so... Although uh, although it's a quiet time on the race course, it's a very busy time at home. So tell me, for people who, who don't sort of know, you know, when you say there's a lot of work to do, what, what exactly have you got to do? Get, go through an average day with me when you're we're on this sort of down period, so to speak. So um, we, everyone's riding four lots a day. Um, there's, uh, there's all the horses need need to be ridden out in the morning. There's owners coming in seeing the horses. Um, yeah. And then, then they all get MATs. Um, we, we give them all an MAT before before they start any any quicker work. Um, and and they've got to build up their fitness. So um, jumping begins. Plenty of, plenty of jumping education goes on. And um, so yeah, so there's lots of lots of work at home behind the scenes. So <clears throat> would it be fair to say that the majority of it is actually uh, obviously in void? <laughs> Sorry, let me say, would it be fair to say that the work actually involves the horses all the time, more or less? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. And and then we have our, our owner's day, which we've got a plan for. We have a sort of um, a, a big owner's day beginning of September where 
the owners come up and, and silver horses paraded. Um, and then we have a bit of a drinks party for them all. And any horse that is for sale, we, we you know, we try and, try and sell as well. Yeah, so yeah. there's that. That's a platform. Um, and then obviously, um, I'm, I, I've just bought a, a, a bit more land. So we're planning sort of paddocks. We're putting paddocks up in, that, in, that, in those fields and and uh planning planning a, a, another barn and small stables and so it's all uh, it's all go it's all busy yeah so so how many horses have you got in at the moment then jamie uh we've got 50, 50 in at the moment um and we've still got a few more still to come back in some of the horses will will, will go out some of the other horses are, are pre-training elsewhere so they'll they'll come in and um and 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 then yeah so we've got a few a few more still still to come back in we should be we should be 50, 55 for the winter. Um, our sort of 50, 15 summer jumpers will, will go out the field probably at some point in October, November time. Um, and and the, others, the others that are in pre-training will, will come back in. At the start of the season, on average, how many horses do you still have to find owners for? Um, yeah, I, I, I'd say this season probably less than previous seasons. Um, yeah. we, we, we've probably... We, we probably buy about 10, 10 or so through the summer that, that are looking for looking for new owners. Yeah. Um, and, and I suppose yeah, we've we've probably sold seven of them, and, and we're down to down to sort of finding two and a, two and a half more more horses to sell really. So there's a certain element of salesmanship involved in your job, as much as training the horses. Really, is just to, you know is to convince people to, uh, to to take up the horses that you've got available. Yeah. So yeah, yeah training obviously sales and, and management. Yeah. So. Um, it's all part and parcel of you've got a lot of balls in the air yeah yeah exactly but I, you know, I just think there's a tendency to people to think well he's a horse trainer so he trains horses but it's a bit more to it than that isn't there yeah you've, you've got to run a business you've yeah. got to run a business as well so if, if the business works there's the, the, the training works if the business doesn't work it doesn't matter how successful a trainer you are you, mm. you haven't got a business to work on no absolutely so when have you got some more runners then Jamie what, what's, what's the next runner you've got lined up uh, we'll have a, we've got nothing entered this week. Um, la- last week we, we 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 got back. We had five five runners last week. Um, a winner, a winner, and a and a third one. Paul Thistle Denicey was going to. We we had two fallers, unfortunately. Thistle and the Bannocking Rebel. Thistle Denicey was going to was going to win. He just hit the front when he fell at the last, and yeah. and the Bannocking Rebel tipped up halfway through when going quite nicely. But um, it was nice to see Piscar Pike back winning. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and and won nicely. And then um, we should have a few runners next week. Right. Well, we'll be keeping our eyes open for them then, Jamie. But it's nice to hear a little bit about the background of, of what you do. And I'm sure, you know, our listeners would like to uh, to follow up on that. So um, I'll see if anybody's got any questions, please send them in to us. And I'll certainly ask Jamie those. So, Wonderful. Well, listen, good to catch up, Ed. And you. And you, Jamie. Yeah. And thank you very much for doing it every week. We do appreciate it. Not at all. And we will we'll speak next week. Yeah, OK, mate. See you soon. I hope Arsenal do better by then. Bye-bye. Well, that was Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne. I'm in a bit of a quiet time, but obviously getting loads of work done around the stables. And now it's time to catch up with our jockey friend, Nick Schofield. Well, hi, Nick. Thanks for joining the show. Um, you've had a relatively quiet time. What, what What's going on exactly? Is it just down to this sort of two-week break at, in August on uh, on the jump racing? Yeah, jump racing has two, well, two, three breaks throughout the season to give everyone a bit of a rest. So um, we're currently on the September one. Right. Although, um, saying that, I was at Bangor and Stratford this week, but um, 
uh, Southern Racing, there's nothing now till next Tuesday. So we've got a little mini break now. And um, and then a few days next week as well. Um, but September on the whole is quite quiet. Um, but after that, it's sort of the calm before the storm now. The, the, the horses are all getting fit for the winter. And um, yeah, we're only sort of, um, sort of a month or so before the what I call the proper stick jump racing starts. So. Yeah, that's usually around Chepstow, isn't it? And that meeting in October sometime? Yeah, October sometime? time, yeah. yeah. Middle of October, providing the ground's okay. Hmm. That's when a majority of the trainers sort of aim to get their horses ready. Yeah, yeah. And how does it affect you? I mean, obviously it's nice to have a few days off, but I mean, presumably when you've got a few days off, you're not earning money, basically, are you? Or at least not really. Yeah, no, quite, but... Um, yeah, it doesn't, you know, either way. But I suppose and you can't have jump racing all year round. And with the ground being so quick, this seems the right time. If you are to have a break, this is the right time to have it. Yeah. Um, but there's plenty going on back at the yards. Um, every yard I go into is very busy and, you know, got lots of horses in. So um, there's, um, you know, it's still busy, although it's probably not visually on the track, you know. Yeah, no, quite. But you, you get paid presumably to ride out for traders, don't you? No, I, I um, personally don't. People do, yes, obviously, but um, I sort of um, no. I'm a uh, you know I, I ride out for um, to get used to the horses for the races, not yeah. so much as a as a um, mm. as a you know, earning thing. So um, no, I, I personally don't. You know, mm. the, the only way I can earn money is on the racetracks. So, yeah, um, yeah. You know, it, but that, that that's my choice entirely. You know, it's um, there's there's a few jockeys that. Um, you know, through the summer, you know, ride out for a wage. And, um, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, no, thankfully I've been busy enough this summer. So, um, yeah, kept tipping away. So you have a bit of a break there, but I mean, it just goes to show, doesn't it? That, that, you know, how, how busy and how demanding, uh, life as a jockey is. It's not all, uh, glamour and Frankie Dettori and, and winning group one races. It's, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's another side to all, isn't there? Yeah, when my alarm was going off at five o'clock this morning, I can promise you there's no glamour. <laughs> <laughs> I should think not at five o'clock. Is that what time you're going to get up? God, dear me, that's good. yeah. Like the yards are obviously starting, and you know, yeah. And sometimes you have to drive an hour or two hours to to ride out for these places and go and sit on the horses. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's not all um, Frankie the Tory, Tory lifestyle, unfortunately. No, that's for sure. So when are you uh, when are you next uh, on the track then, um, Nick? Um, I'd imagine I might need to have it on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, for a good few rides down there, and then Worcester on Wednesday. Um, yeah, when as soon as there's racing, I'll be riding, and um, yeah, so um, yeah, just waiting. Yeah, you know, it's, it's um, all really. Um, it's the calm before the storm, as it were. Yeah, quite. Well, well, we'll get back to you uh, next week when hopefully we can talk about a few winners at Newton Abbott and uh, what was the other one? Worcester, you said? Yes, yes. Yeah. And you talk to Yeah. Okay, mate. Well, thank you very much for joining us this week and uh, we'll talk to you next week, yeah? Great. Thanks, Adrian. Thanks Good a luck, lot. everyone. Yeah, thanks, Nick. See you soon then, mate. Bye-bye. 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 Well, now it's time to pop up to Lambourne, of course, to catch up with the cheeky chappy it's Colin Brown time. Well, good morning, Colin. How are you this morning? Yeah, very good. Thank you very much indeed. Can't complain. Big day um, in the Brown household, isn't it? Yeah, my middle son, Freddie Brown's getting married to a very nice young lady called Shalini. And uh, they've got a nice um, wedding venue 
just south of Newbury. Uh-huh. And uh, it's uh, it's going to be a good day, hopefully. Yeah, weather's and nice. Then, and... uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, there's plenty going on. Well, one that... sad thing is um, my, my, my sons were uh, best men, and one of them, Charlie, he's here. But the other one, uh, because of COVID, uh, is not allowed out of Singapore. So he's uh... going to do a Zoom. He's going to zo- do a Zoom oh, yeah. uh, for his brother. Um, doing his best man duties, and so I think we'll have a bit of banter because uh, my boys, you know, they're uh, yeah, they're a bit of fun. <laughs> Good. Well, so looking forward to that. Yeah. Well, don't drink too much. Oh God, no, not me. No, never heard of, is it? Never heard of. And yeah, we got some good racing for the weekend: Newmarket, Thirsk, Curra, um, Hamilton, Fosslass. That's right, uh, Fosslass. Uh, and also um, Goodwood, should I say. That's where I'm off. Yeah, yeah. So, Goodwood tomorrow. Well, there we go. Well, we better get going if you've got a wedding to go to, haven't we? Yeah, we better get going. Let's crack our way now and uh, see if we can find a winner or two. Um, and we'll start with Newmarket, shall we? Yeah, and at that's Newmarket, fine. At, at Newmarket, um, in the first race, at 110, looks like Silk Romance will probably win. Uh, from the Appleby Yard. Normally their horses just look better for a run and very well bred. And I can't see anything really to beat that one, but it ain't going to be a very good price. So that's in the 110 at Newmarket Silk Romance. I haven't got a um, 110 at Newmarket unless my computer's playing silly buggers again. I've got a 210. Oh. oh. oh so somebody's right. on the wrong day and I'm not sure. It's... Somebody. Okay, yeah, two ten the hours, yeah. Let's start again. Okay. Oi. Start again, okay. yeah, fine. Um Yeah, let's start again, okay. Uh, well we, you can start I, after all the stuff that I've just talked about, you can cut in there, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. go so often you market. Yeah, here yeah. we go, then often you market. Yeah. Right. Off you go then. So, yeah, let's start at Newmarket. In the first race, there's quite an interesting runner um, in the in the 210 there. Quite an interesting runner called um, Jill Mod. It's had one run uh, this year. Leicester got beaten 10 lengths, but um, I think it might improve a little bit to have an each-way chance. It's owned by Al Shakab Racing. You know, they don't keep anything that's... Um, that wouldn't be capable of, of winning. So have a little look at dual mod. I wouldn't go too mad, but it's quite competitive racing at Newmarket. You've got seven, seven uh, races on the card there. Second race is 245 is a listed race. And um, this one looks pretty competitive, as it would be, you know. But I tell you what, there's a horse in the race, actually, called Royal Scimitar, and old Neil Callan's come over from Hong Kong now. He's back in it right now, and uh, riding out in Newmarket and whatever. And this is trained by Clive Cox. It's one-one race. It was third at Asken to ask last time to Mission on Fire. And I give it an each race chance, Royal Scimitar, uh, in the 245 at Newmarket. Rightio. 310, not many runners, just four, in fact, uh, for this race. And um, I would say William has got a good chance of winning it on uh, horse number three, the attorney. 
um, but only four runners go to post. Hills horses are in good form, and um, yeah, I would say that one will take a little bit of a uh, little bit of beating. And then in the um, three fifty-five, uh, I like improvers, and Roger Charlton trains one called Dancing Harry. It's won its last two um, at Sandown and at Newmarket, and I would say will win again. So it's Dancing Harry. Uh, for the stable of um, of Roger Charlton. Okay, fine. Um, he's got another horse running there, Roger. His horses are good for miles with him the other day. He said they were a little bit late coming to themselves early on in the season, but they come good now. He's got a horse called Skycutter that won the other day at Newbury with um, with Franny Norton aboard. Um, today, it's ridden by Thomas Greatfax, taking three pounds off. And I don't think that'll be far away. It's called Saligo Bay in the 4.30 there at Newmarket. Sweet. Right, we're going we're gonna to leave Newmarket now. And we're going to go to... Um, I think we might just go to... Windsor. Here we go. We've got Windsor today, and of course, they've got a group after racing there. Uh, so there's plenty of razzmatazz on at Windsor. It's like a late up, well, evening meeting, I suppose you have to call it late afternoon. I don't know. But um, yeah, quite an interesting card there at Windsor. Um, it's the sort of race course that is just, you know, one of those it's a real jazzy race course if you've never been to Windsor especially if there's a group around there a lot of people there they have a lot of outside sort of bars and you know eating areas it's a really good bit of fun I think for 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 their customers so yeah not a bad place to be Windsor on a Monday night or even on a Saturday night because um, most of their meetings are there on a Monday uh, but it's a Saturday of course um for, for, for this meeting um right let's get on with it um i think in the um there's uh, in the 525 there's a horse called yamu i think can win here runs in the colors of andrew cohen it's trained by dean ivory it was second at newmarket the other day not beaten very far and uh, i thought it was a little bit unlucky i thought it was one that i put in the book this will be winning soon and it's called yamu in the 525 at Windsor, uh, listeners. So um, that's the one I fancy there. Um, we have a couple of good races on the card. There's a listed race there. I remember the Majesty of the Queen winning it one year. And um, there's a winner here for us, I think, in a horse called Domino Darling, ridden by Kingscott, trained by um, uh, Haggis. Second at York the other day, only just beaten by forbearance, beaten a nose. I think this one will win the listed race here at six o'clock this evening. It is good racing, I must say. It is good racing. And then they have a group three race. It's the Winter Hill Stakes, as I say. You know, often some decent horses turn up for this one. Uh, and uh, the Winter Hill Stakes um, at six, what time is it? 6.30 um, is a rule. A good race, Desert Encounter won it um, a couple of years ago, I remember, and last year uh, extra elusive won it, well none of those run this year, but I can see uh, Gosden's team winning it maybe with a horse called Arovian, who was second 
uh, the other day. They're also called Good Birthday at Doncaster. And, um, you know, it's just a real competitive little race, but I think that one will take a little bit of beating. What else catches my eye at Windsor? Well, nothing in the last two races, I'll be really honest. So I'm going to leave Windsor there, if that's okay. And I think we'll just... We'll just, um, Aidy, have a quick look at um, have a quick look at Cartmel. If anybody's never been to Cartmel, well, it's quite an interesting course. It's a very tight track, uh, left-handed, and it's right up there in the Lake District. And there's some good old racing there, but you do need horses that sort of know the track a little bit, and jockeys that know the track a little bit. And up there in the 435, um, again, quite an interesting little race. There's a horse. Uh, there's a horse called Moore Bucks. He's an 11-year-old now, but he's ridden by James Bowen. He was second the other day, um, not beaten very far, but he's a horse that um, has been point to point, and then he goes proper racing, then he comes back point to point. But he's trained by Bowens as well, Peter Bowen, and I think he might take the 4.35 race up there at, uh, uh, at Cartmel. Okay, fine. Um, 5.15 races are quite an interesting handicap chase here. Um, there's a horse called Breaking the Ice that's looking to make it three in a row. And there's a horse called um, there's a horse called Caesar et Rosalie, trained by um, Neil Mulholland, that I think might go quite well. Tom Scudamore um, is the jockey on this one. He writes quite a few for them. And I think number three, Caesar et Rosalie, it's called, in the 5.15 at Cartmel. That's the one that I, that I want to be with. OK, fine. Right. We're going to move to Goodwood, and that's the place I'm going. I don't know whether Mary's ever been to Goodwood, but not for a long time, even if she has, if she's listening. Hello, Mary. hope you still have a few bets and riding your bike and uh, keeping fit and keeping going. Um, it's pretty good racing at Goodwood. I must say, it really is. And um, let's have a look what's going to win there in the first race. And that is at 1.15. Well, at 1.15, we've got um, a little race, which is a number stakes race for two-year-olds. And uh, we've got some good trainers in the race. We've got Charlie Hills, Eve Johnson, Henry Candy. Um, some quite nice uh, sort of horses in this race but i could see <coughs> excuse me i could see um uh, a trainer called kevin philpart de roy uh w winning it with a horse called torvey that won at bath the other day i think this is a bit of an improver torvey and i could see him uh winning here today moving on to the 150 well frankie's there there's a horse called tinderbox and I think that one will take the 150. It's a horse uh, trained by Gosden, the Gosdens, and owned by Godolphin Tinderbox for the 150 there at um, there at um, Goodwood. It really is good racing. But, you know, this is a little bit of a funny old track, and you need horses that um, act on the track well as well because um, it's a little bit topsy-turvy up and down. But there's a race in memory of the late, great John Dunlop. Um, 
and thank you to Tory Rides a Horse here, actually, for Gavin Cromwell from Ireland. Well, they wouldn't be bringing this over unless they thought it had a bit of a chance, but it certainly has got horse called Nagano to beat, which probably it won't. So I'm going to go Nagano, number one. Roger Varian, David Egan, good combination uh, to take the 335. We got the Celebration Mile. Actually, and it's three, over the... three o'clock, that one, Colin. Nagano. Oh, beg your pardon, the three o'clock. Yeah, three o'clock. I was just going to say, 3.35 races, the Celebration Mile, and there's a horse called Duke of Hazard, um, trained by Paul Cole. Now, this horse has got a bit of form, and he was uh, third at York the other day to re Real World, and um, he's a horse that loves this track. He really does love this track. And he won it a couple of years ago, Duke of Hazard, as a three-year-old. And um, there's been talk of him working well, and they're really, really, uh, you know, really, really happy with him. So Duke of Hazard, he's going to be quite a big price in the 335. Okay. Now, good mate of mine, good mate of mine, Roger Kilby, owns a horse called Lawn Ranger. And this one the other day at... Windsor. And I could see it winning again today in the 410. So Lawn Ranger for me at Windsor in the 310. The last race on the card at um, at um, Goodwood <clears throat> looks highly competitive to me. And I'm not going to put my name to any of them, to be perfectly honest. Chicken. So I think, listeners, that chicken, I think, listeners, that's your lot for today. Um, that is your lot for today. So, um, it goes to say, have a lovely weekend. I hope you've got plenty of winners. Absolutely. Thank you very much, Colin. And you have a good day with your wedding. And uh, as I said, don't drink too much, will you? Oh, gosh, no. We won't do that. We'll I expect, no, you, you already enough. started the champagne, haven't you? Oh, I wish. No, no, no. I'm going to go a bit careful because I'm sort of master of semerit oh. as well. So oh. I've got to be, well... Uh, only I'm going to say a few things. Nothing too stupid on me yapping at their wedding. No, um, but um, yeah. Good. Well, thank you very much for that, then, Colin. We'll catch up with you next week. Okay. Next week. And uh, lovely to speak to you. Uh, we'll speak to you next week. Yeah. Okay, mate. Thank you. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. Right. Well, you have a good Cheers, day. Well, that was Colin Brown up at Lambourne, and now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. Well, good morning, Dave. You, uh, you've got some good ones for us today? Yeah, hopefully, Adrian. Uh, it's another good weekend last weekend, and uh, we've got a few good Class 1 races on over this weekend, and uh, we're going to go through the six of them that are on. OK. So we're going to start off with uh, Goodwood. Yeah. We've got three Class 1 races there for Saturday, and the first one's a 150 race, and the horse we like in there is Dana. Priced up around about 7-2 to two with William Hills and Ladbrokes at the moment. James Doyle's taking a ride for Simon Crisford. And uh, what we like about this horse is had two runs today. Obviously, it's a two-year-old race. And as we say, always be careful in two-year-old races because form is very hard to read because they've got the lack of runs and some of them improve, some of them don't. Yeah. But this fellow won nicely on his debut by a wide margin. And the thing that we've noted is in that race, three of them have come out and run since of all the... Uh, one, and that's Moon Island, Madam and Lesseter and Miss Harmony. They've all won races that finished well behind Dana. Now, Dana 
had his second run out in Duval in a good class one group three race out there. And he only got beat at length in three quarters. And the thing to note is in that race as well, Hello My Darling was four lengths behind Dana and came out in uh, Skybet Nursery and only got beaten three quarters of a length by Flaming Ribs. So obviously, the form is very, very solid and uh, uh, priced up at 7-2. It's well worth having a nice bet. But as I say, it's a two-year-old race to approach with caution. Mm. The two-year-olds never seem to hold their form in that. Yeah. We're there. Moving down to the next class one on the card, the Goodwood 3 o'clock race there, uh, class 3, and the horse we like there is Wanda Montalban. And uh, he's got solid, solid form over the course at Goodwood, and uh, he beat a horse called Kim Frankel three lengths very easily, and since then Kim Frankel's gone from a handicap rating of 80 all the way up to 91, so it shows how well Wanda Montalban run on that race there. So, on the basis of that, Wanda... Our mountain should be up in the 90s, near enough 100 mark, and he has actually got a handicap mark of 100 now. And he followed that run up with a nice win at Sandown as well, and he beat a horse there called Fabulous, who's rated 96. So we've had a look for it, and uh, the combination of uh, handicap ratings and everything else, and the combination of the form, we think Ryan Mantalbin's going to be the bet in the race. And he's priced up at the moment with bet 365 at 6 to 1. So it's going to be worth having a nice each-way bet on him. There are two places on offer a quarter of the odds. Most of the other firms are only showing around about 4 to 1, 9 to 2 about this fella. So it's a case of get on quick with bet 365 and take the 6 to 1. So I don't think it's going to last very long. Rightio. Moving down the car to the 335, another Class 1 race, Group 2, and our favourite horse, uh, Chindit, we've mentioned him many times on the show and he's duly obliged for us quite a few times. He's going to be ridden by Pat Dobbs and trained by Richard Hannon. Uh, as I say, we've won a good few quid on this horse. He's had eight races to date and he's won four of them. But the thing to note is last three runs he's been beaten, but if you have a look at the races he's been beaten in, it was a 2,000 guineas for St James Palace States at Royal Ascot. And then he was in the Prix de la Harris over in Duval. Now, the thing to note is he was only beaten three lengths in that big race at Duval. And the horse that beaten three lengths was Palace Pier. Now, you put Palace Pier in this race, yeah. he's going to go off about one to four, one to five. And you'd, you'd certainly be backing him at odds on to win it by a lot more than three lengths. So, as I say, like, Chindit's been a horse that we've followed quite regularly. He's won group threes, group twos. And three lengths behind Palace Pier last time out and the only two other horses that have beat him are St Mark's Basilica and Poetic Flair so it shows you the standard of form that Pindit's at and I think he's a bit classy for this race and he's priced up at 4-1 with Ladbrook at the moment so he's well worth having a nice one bet on him there Rightio, Chindit it is we're going to go over to Windsor for the next two races. Uh, they don't have many Class 1s over at Windsor, but they've got two on there tomorrow. The first one's a 6 o'clock race, Class 1 listed race. Uh, uh, thing to note about Windsor, a bit like Goodwood, horses for courses, a bit like Marmite. They either run very well at these tracks or they don't run very well. And the horse in the 6 o'clock race that we like is Desert Encounter. Sean Levy takes the ride for David Simcock, and his, his race record at Windsor reads three wins and a third. So he's a horse that actually likes to track. He's won this race twice previously. And as I say, he's a handicap good thing in, in this class one where they all run off the same weights. And he's he's got the highest handicap rating in there. So he's priced up at around 3-1, and I think he should be a little bit bigger than that later on today. But 
we we think he's a, he's worth a bet, but we think he's a little bit skinny on the odds at three to one. We're waiting for a little bit bigger about him there. So doesn't encounter him at six o'clock. Radio. Moving down to the six thirty race, uh, class one group three. Very poor turnout really. It was only four runners in the race. But as you say, like Wins is one of them tracks that you need to have course form over to run to your best and horses either run well there or they don't. And in this race, three of the horses have never run there before and one of them has. And uh, the horse that has run there is solid stone. It's got one run, one win and he won it very easily. So Richard Kingscoat's taking Rifus as Michael Stout and uh to win with so when you look at his form for wins a one run one win and it was a very easy win there it, it may well be that he it's he's a horse of a course and uh we're going to have a small investment on him there and again he's he's opening marks 15 to 8 is a bit skinny ice around about the 5 to 2 mark but it looks to be a very good race between him and bangkok and uh yeah. It'd be easy to fancy man getting involved as well, but we just think Solid Stone with a course record there is going to have the best chance in the race there. Radio, Solid Stone. Going up to Newmarket for the 2.45, the last one we got for the weekend. Class 1 listed race, and we like Tabdeed. Dane O'Neill takes the ride for Owen Barrows. Uh, this fellow won four of his first five races, and then he had two... He's got two poor runs on his car, but... The thing to note is that we're both on soft, soft going. So we don't think he likes a soft going. Predicted going at Newmarket there tomorrow is good to firm, which is what he, he wants and we'd, we'd recommend to be betting him on. And last time out, he finished third to a horse called Happy Romance. But he did have Royal Crusade, who's really, really taking him on again in this race, three and three quarter lengths behind him. And again, on handicap range, this fella's a good thing. He's two pounds well in with mum's tipple. But the rest of the runners is five pounds well in with M, so uh, he's priced up at around about two to one, and we make him the day's banker bet. So that's what we got for you for the weekend. So to deeds the banker at Newmarket in the two forty-five, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to rob the bookies for you again. Ah, uh-huh. well, let's hope so. Let's hope so. Yeah. Okay, then, Dave. Well, thank you very much for that, and uh, we'll speak to you next week. Well done. Okay, mate. Cheers. Bye. See you soon. Well, now it's time to catch up with Rod Wilman down at Cullumpton. Morning, Rod. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, busy day yesterday. Um, what exactly was the purpose of the exercise? Buy some more horses, I take it? Yes, I... I um, it's, it's the first sale of the season yesterday, yeah. uh, well, that, this week, so everyone was all, all very excited and keen to buy. Prices were high. Yeah. Um, well, the buyers always think they're high and the vendors think they're low. <laughs> yeah, so that's inevitable. Um, but um, I ended up with one filly, so we've got one one, one to sell. Yeah. And we'll be going back up to Newmarket next week to try and get some more. So the trouble is, you've got, you've got to get new horses every year. Yeah. Because some of the horses you have are, we've got three or four in the yard who'll be retired into the season. Yeah. And um, we've got some that'll be sold. Uh, they'll be sold abroad, probably. And some of the stars may go to for big money to other yards. Yeah, yeah. So you've got to replace them and keep your stock up, as it were. It's a bit like being a football manager. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you, exactly. Sometimes you've got to, you've got to sell the horses before they start going downhill, or even sell them when they're still on the up when they're most valuable. 
Well, talking about on the up, you're still on the up. We're still getting the winners in. One yesterday, which I missed. Uh, another one today, going running soon. What is it, do you think? I mean, I, I know, obviously, it's good training habits and, um, you know, they're good horses. But, you know, you've hit such a purple patch. Is there a one thing you can put your finger on and say, well, that's the reason for it? Or is it just one of those things? Well, I don't know, really. I mean, we, we don't rush our horses. We give them plenty of time to 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 get there, you know? Yeah. Um, we, we probably, we wouldn't be... See, a lot of trainers concentrate on being 100% fit first time when they run. Um, but if you do that, then the season doesn't last very long. No. If, you, if you're hard on your horse in, in pre-training, then you'll only have a short season. We, we give them plenty of time, bring them along steadily, and most of our horses, they'll probably stay in peak form for sort of eight or nine runs. You know? Yeah, yeah. And we're we're probably coming to the end of that period now. I mean, the horses have been running so well. We've had 11 winners this month, and I've had nearly as many seconds. You know? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's been a really, you know, really successful time. Um, and the horses are well handicapped. Um, yeah. You know, that, that helps as well. And we've, we've got some nice young horses coming along. And, you know, we're winning a few races. Um, is this a sort of a, a, would you say it's a record month for you, getting so many uh, first and no, seconds? No, I'm, I'm, at the moment I'm level with my best score. Oh, right, OK. Um, 11 winners, I've had 11 winners a couple of times. Oh, this is this, if we get one more winner this month, then it will be a record. Yeah, and that could be the day but in I'm, about I'm, half I'm, an hour. <laughs> yeah, I'm very lucky. I've got some really good jockeys riding for me this year. Oshin Murphy, he rides for us whenever he can. And if he can't, Ross Coakley's a very good jockey from Ireland. Yeah. He's, he, he's riding a lot for us, and um, good jockeys do make a difference. And, I've, and, I've, and I'd have a great bunch of staff at the moment, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, staff make all the difference, I'm sure, as uh, operating such a, such a, you know, a relatively small um, stable. You need good staff, don't you? Well, you do. I mean, I've probably got more staff. The ratio of horses to staff in my yard would be... Um, you know, quite high yeah. compared to a lot of yards, you know? Yeah. And you've got a few runners over the weekend. Um, high hopes for those? Well, we've got Whispering Wind running in 10 minutes. Yeah. She's um, one of the favourites. Have a good chance. Yeah. Uh, she was only £2,000, that filly, you see, so you'd have to pay a fortune for a winner. Yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Um, she, was, she was only twice as much as Sergeant Cecil. <laughs> well, there you go, you see. Just goes to prove it, doesn't it? That's right. Yeah. And he won nearly a million for us. Yeah. Um, what have we got? We've got um, Abel Kay on Sunday at Goodwood. He's in good form. Uh, he's, his last two runs, though he's been second, or he's been placed his last two runs, that was a career best performance. Then on Monday, we've got Air Show, uh, Devon Envoy. Um, so, you know, we've got some horses with chances coming along. You know? Yeah, yeah. But you think that perhaps the, the sort of the purple patch is beginning to wane a little bit. Oh, no, 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 not yet, no. no. But, um, you know, these horses won't be to keep on winning because the handicapper will have, a, have his, yeah. have his um, hand on them, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, quite. we've got Crazy Luck and um, Silent Flame going for a £30,000 race at Salisbury next Thursday. Yeah. And there's only 10 entered, so I've got, I've got um, a fifth of the field. Yeah. It's oh. a £30,000 race, so, no, everything's going very, very well. Uh, well, I should be at Salisbury next week, so I should look forward to looking at that one then. OK, we'll see you there then, OK? Yeah. OK then, Rod. Well, good luck this afternoon and hopefully... Uh, thank you, thank we'll, you very much. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Thanks All a right, lot. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Rod Millman talking to us from his Columpton base. Having pretty good time at the moment, is our Rod. 
which uh, we're grateful for him to coming on the show and telling us all about it. And finally, before we go, just to mention that uh, we've come to an arrangement with Star Sports to broadcast all of their racing podcasts under the title Betting People. So uh, keep your eyes open for that. But as far as this show is concerned, I'm afraid that is the end of the road for today. Uh, Please join us again next week. Same time, same station. And uh, we will all see you then.